Josh Terry podcast, uh, folks. I don't get excited too much about fucking shows. You know, I, this is we're coming up on the two year anniversary of the studio uh, next month, and uh, of the show and all the success and everything. I just got back from Nashville uh, doing some shows at Live Oak. Thank you to Hasten Lot and everybody up there. Extreme Party Bus that catered to us. Uh, went to Panama City Beach, did some shows down there, but. Y'all, if you know me, you know I'm a Keith Whitley, Morgan, uh, Lori Morgan fan, and I have got to become buddies with their son, who's a badass in himself, Mr. Jesse Keith Whitley. Dude, this is, I'm excited. I'm, this is the first time in a while I've been super excited about a show, just to shoot the shit with you. Yeah, man. I love it, dude. This is going to be a good time, for sure. There ain't no fucking telling what's about to happen. No. Uh, so I was telling him while ago, everybody, uh, before me and him got on Zoom uh, and started recording, I had his iTunes set uh, playing. By the way, go check out all of his music. It's all fucking bangers that I've heard so far. Uh, I already knew some of them. But, dude, when it got down to Faithfully, and I was like in the back room of my studio and I heard the first lick. I was like, there's no way that that's what this is fixing to be. <laughs> it blew my fucking mind, dude. Hey, man, you know, it's not every day somebody wants to, you know, get the balls to sing a Steve Perry song. I mean, that's a so we really had to we really had to kind of take it another direction. But like, you know, that was never supposed to be an album cut. It was supposed to just be a Christmas present for my mom some pictures and shit just to make her cry on Christmas day. And that was like her and my dad's song. And like she, she had cut it on, um, I still, I can't remember which, I think it's the autumn's not that cold album. I'm pretty sure that's the one it is, but she slayed that song. She killed it. So like, I'm going into this thinking like, she's either going to hate it or she's going to fucking love it. Like one or the other. I don't know which one it's going to be, but we decided we could like, we cut 16 tracks, I guess, 16 sides, and we trashed four of them and then put the others on hold just so we could put that one song on there. My producer was like, fuck it, dude, let's put it on there. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. You should have. You should have. And the fact that I know now that it was your mom and your dad's song, and I already love the fucking song, <laughs> but now I have to go listen to her sing it as soon as we get done with this. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, she, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, cause I used to go out on the road with her all the time and all the time, any chance I got to get the fuck away from school, I was like, let's go. And, you know, she was playing those big stadium shows back then and big arenas. And I remember at one time they were doing separate ways, faithfully and Layla. 
Oh, man. And I remember thinking, I'm like, man, when I get old enough, if I ever do music, I'm going to do these songs. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a full circle deal. So when I got the opportunity to do it, I actually called my mom's band. And I said, hey, would you guys be willing to come in and do this song? And you, y'all's time is basically a present to my mom. And they were like, hell yeah, man, let's do it. So it was awesome to have that. I mean, her band is top notch to begin with. So was it, was it all of her band that was in there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually I had, uh, Travis Tidwell. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, that name sounds super familiar. On red hair. He's got that song out called catch me if you can. And he used to be, he used to, he used to play for Big Smoke. Okay. And he went and played for church for or up a little bit. And he, we were always, we've always been buddies. He's just a top notch. And I was like, man, come in and play on this song. And he was like, ah, I don't know if you want me to do that. I said, I, I do. I, I do. So he came in and twinned it up with my mom's guitar. And it just, and I, I love that version. Uh, it blew me out the water. I'm telling you, I don't stop in my tracks. I mean, as much as you're around music, I'm around music. It takes like something special now for me to stop what I'm doing and just like really pay attention to something. Uh, and while ago, between that and out of the shadows, uh, when it came on, because I, I messaged you right away as soon as I heard it, I was like, How the hell has this one just like slipped through my shit? And I haven't heard this song. That song does slip through the cracks, man. And when we released it, we did a real soft release on it. We didn't even tell anybody we were going to do it. We just hit socials, hey, new single drop, boom. And which was fucking stupid. You know, we should have really taken our time on that. Went in, shot a video for it and did a big press release for it. But we kind of thought, you know, with so many people, because the song had been around for years and years at this point. And we just kind of figured, well, as many people as that know the song, they're going to go, they're going to push it. And we didn't get near the push that we thought we were going to get, which is on us you know that was just kind of a stupid fucking deal i was drinking one night and i was like let's fucking upload it and release next week say shit so that's what we did and my man was like you're a fucking moron like why would you do that like i've got one of the best managers in this business and he was like you're an idiot why did you do that yeah that one needed a whole packet around it a whole press release packet I agree a hundred percent, man. And the dudes I wrote it with, uh, Guy Nix and a guy named Steve Ganson. Steve used to play guitar for me and my good buddy Eric Lee Bettingfield, which you being from Georgia, I'm sure you yeah. know who Eric. I'm pretty sure I do. And uh, he had that song "Gospel According to Jones," and um, he, uh, I, we were we were writing like three or four days a week. And Steve and Guy came over one day, and Steve is like a real quiet dude, like you know real christian i mean i i'm i'm catholic so we're a little fucking outside of the box anyway um steve just he was never a drinker me and guy would go into a writing appointment 12 pack a bottle bottle of whiskey or something smoke a joint whatever and we got in there that day man and we were all just like what what are we doing what are we gonna write about i said fuck it let's jump in my truck run over to my dad's grave because we i live at the time i only lived like a half a block from where my dad was buried so we jumped in the truck drove over there stopped grabbed a 12 pack of beer and with 30 minutes of being at my dad's grave we had it written i mean 
to the wall had it written. It was done. Dude. And guy, my buddy guy would call and he'd be like, hey, you think we should change? I said, we're not changing a fucking thing on this song. It, the song is it's written to the wall. So. I love it. I, I look. I, I absolutely love it. And let me tell you, I, there's something special about your daddy's grave anyway. Like, if I wasn't a mega fan like I am of his music, me and Kimberly Atwood and my buddy Riley Anderson went over there probably about a month ago. And uh, I just had in my head for some reason, for some reason, like I had some really good shit going on at the time in Nashville. I was getting to do a show with Bobby Pinson um, and some other folks that are just phenomenal. And uh, man, I was like, you know what? I've been saying I was going to do this for the longest time. Your dad's grave fucking shook me and Atwood to our court. Like we could, we didn't want to leave. I, hey, man. Are you familiar with the memorial rod that we do every year? Yeah, uh, I love. I've seen where your mom has posted about it, and uh, yeah, it looks awesome. I want to help y'all get that fucking statue. That that statue that was it called like the Sorrow Angel or the Weeping yeah. Angel? The Weeping Angel. Yeah. The, oh, it fits him perfect. It from his Dude, music, perfect. Dude, listen. So every year. A buddy of mine quit drinking about three years ago, and that, which pissed me off. But he had to do it for him. Well, because he was so fun to drink with, man. Like you can, you, and you, you wouldn't get in trouble with him. But like, there's a little bar called Music City Bar and Grill. It's right I there love behind, it. I love it. Scoreboards. It's it, right there behind scoreboards. So yeah. me and my buddy Brian Dennis. If you ever come to Nashville and you meet a dude named Brian Dennis, be prepared because you're going. He's a trip. Well, we used to hang out in the bathroom at music city bar and grill we wouldn't go for the drink for the band we'd go sit in the bathroom and just sit there and talk like they would bring our drinks into the bathroom and it got to the point like they finally shit started happening and we were like all right whatever so we we moved we moved watering holes if you will well one year it was at the, my dad's ride i think it was like the 30th annual ride 29th annual ride uh we were sitting outside in the parking lot at the Red Roof Inn, drinking moonshine, eating the moonshine peaches, and we were fucked up. And I was like, let's go to my dad's grave. And there's like five other people sitting over here, and they're like, we'll go, we'll go. And I'm like, let's go. So it's like 2.30 in the morning. So we pile up in a truck. I can't remember. Somebody drove that was sober and uh, drove over there, and we get there. And like I know the secret way in to go in at night, you know, so it's like it's so so you, nobody's gonna see you going in. And uh we get in there and we get back there and I, I see this car coming down the fucking way and I'm like, man, fuck. Metro police pulls up and I'm like, this is not gonna be good. And he hits <laughs> up the spotlight. We've got a bottle of jack and like a cooler over there, and he's like, Can I help you guys? What are you guys doing? You know, you're not supposed to be in a cemetery after x after after dark and i was like man i said keith was my dad i said we're doing the memorial ride for him this weekend we were all over at the hotel drinking we decided we wanted to come over listen to some music and hang out for a little bit and dude didn't miss a lick and he was like y'all have a good night and left and i was like <laughs> holy shit we're we're not in trouble here and man so we we go over there a lot like a lot and uh, 
especially like if we're having a little get together at the house, somebody would be like, let's go to your dad's grave. And I'm like, all right, let's go. We, I live about 20 minutes, 15 minutes there from there now, but you know, anytime somebody says, let's go, I'm all, I'm, I'm always down. Let's go. I want to take a pen and paper and I just want to sit there and I want to write something. I don't know what it would be. I, I ain't got a damn clue, but it just seems like that would be the place. Like it, I just feel like he still talk like I I me I could not explain it to anybody that wasn't there that day. It's the only other time I've ever got emotional at a grave that was not family related. Hey man, I'd explain you, you trust me, I know, I get it. I we, get it. We sat there and we me and Kimberly and uh Riley, we talked about every one of our favorite songs. And I literally, literally could not get to Lori I love her out of my head the entire time. Because that that's that one and dance with me, Molly, and like everybody knows, like the the big ones or or whatever. And I love them all. I, there's not there's not a bad one, but there was just like so other many, and like we were sitting there like, talk to me, Texas is one of my faves. And uh, Daryl Worley sing "Talk to Me, Texas." Do what? You ever heard Daryl Worley sing "Texas"? Uh, no, but now I'm gonna have to. Oh, what the hell? Sorry, my phone flashed. I told you I might have to get in my truck in a minute and You're cool. plug. My- You're so. Cool. I don't, I don't, I don't have a fucking computer and cameras and all that shit. I do everything I do straight from my phone. Oh, uh, you're cool. I promise you. Uh, whatever you got to do, we will make sure it gets done. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, well, I want to let you know. Like, I, I did a, I did one with a news channel one time, and they sent my manager an email, and they were like, "You ought to invest in him in a computer and." Da 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 microphone and he was like, Yeah, right. You approach him with that and see what see see the answer you get. Well, you you seem like a good old boy though. Like you seem exactly like what I am. I had to have somebody come in and set all this shit up. When I work I don't, I don't know nothing about that shit. Yeah, I don't either. I they literally I had to tell them to make it dummy proof because I'm a fucking dummy when it comes to this shit. When I worked in country radio, everything was already set up for me. I didn't have uh, to do nothing. Well, see, like I know how to drink beer. Kill deer, fight, sing, and write music, and cook, and that's about it. Damn, you sound like me, except you're actually talented. I don't, I can't sing worth a shit. Yeah, but you like it though. Oh, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I, I man, you know, I tell you what, you know, it's funny you say that. Struggle Jennings is one of my closest friends of, of life, man. I I love him like. He was from the same womb I am. Yeah. And uh, he played me a song one day. We were in the, by the way, I'm on his latest album. We have a song on his latest album, Troubadour Troubled Souls, called The Highway. It's a badass fucking song. And we shot the video on Merle Haggard's Super Chief Bus. So check it out if, 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 you, if you haven't heard it yet. But he played me this song, and he was singing on the song. And he was like, man, I just, I don't know. I love your fucking singing voice. Like, I love your rap shit. Like, I've known Strug for 20 years, but I love his singing voice. It's so raspy, and it's just full of fucking pain. Yeah. Like, and I love it. And I'm like, you need to do more of that shit. And this whole new album he's about to release is, like, all singing, and I love it. It's fucking awesome. Dude, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of uh, the country rap stuff. I, there's, there's few and far between that I like. But uh, where I'm from, the lacks are close to here. And I was at a show one time with some of my buddies. 
And uh, they took me, I was backstage with them, hang out. And uh, the guys from the LAC started talking to me and everything. And they told me something that I will forever change my complete outlook on people that do like the country rap shit. They said, look, dude, if I could sing, I could, I would sing, but this is how I get my message out. It's how I get my art out. And it made me completely respect because I never thought of it that way. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, and some of those dudes are so fucking talented. Yeah. Like, and they don't get the credit that they deserve because there's so many people that throw shade to rap, period. And they're like, what the, that's not fucking country. No, you're, you're fucking right. It's not country, but their country, like you can be country and fucking rap. You can yeah. be, be a fucking rock star. Look at Aaron fucking Lewis. Who ever, thought, who ever thought that motherfucker would be cutting country shit? He that cut one ad songs that my dad wrote. Which one? Uh, Aren't the sawmill down. Uh, why the fuck did I have not seen that? I got to check that out. I didn't know. I love all of Aaron's shit. I did. I like the fuck Aaron, out of him. Uh, but Aaron's a good friend of mine too, man. I I love Aaron to death. Uh, the struggle guy. Uh, I I have not to be in all honesty. Uh, I'm having to get out of my own way with two things in out of Nashville. One, I'm figuring out that the poppy guys. I don't like the bro country. What so fucking ever? It's not for me. I like the outlaw shit. That's yeah. that, that our traditional country. That's what I like. Some of the bro guys are not bad. There's some of them I really, really don't like. Man, d- dude, what you said. I there and and I'm I'm very outspoken with that shit. And I will let people know real quick that I don't like that shit. But I will tell you this, man. There are some songs I hear them and I'm like, that's a good fucking song. Like, man, like I'm a Cole Swindell fan. I love yeah, Cole Swindell. I like Cole too. Like he's one, he's one of the nicest dudes you could ever, ever meet in your life. And the way they did, uh, heads Carolina fucking blew my head off. You know, I, me, uh, I don't, do you know who Dustin Heron is? He's a singer songwriter from up there. That name sounds real familiar. Just he's, because I don't, just because I, I, I don't doesn't uh, mean he, He's a good buddy with mine. He, go, he goes uh, a lot of trips with me. He's a hell of a singer and songwriter. I, I love the fucker. Um, but we were just talking about this the other day. I think Cole, with that song, I think he's genius, whoever wrote it in the first place. To, yeah. to But I bet you Jody Messina got a million more downloads because of it. So, like, me and Dustin were talking back and forth, and I was like, you know what? I bet you're fixing to start seeing artists do that, though. They're fixing to take a 90s jam – that this new yeah. generation doesn't know, or even somebody like you, not necessarily covering one of your dad or your mom's songs, but putting one of their famous hooks into yeah. one of your own songs. And yeah. it just seems like it's so brilliant. And somebody else did it with uh, Give Me That Wink. Um, I haven't heard that one. I think it's called Give Me That Drink. Or something. Like, I can't remember what the name of it is, but I saw it on TikTok the other day. And I was like, at first I was like, no, absolutely not. And then I listened to it and I was like, all right, that's fucking good. <laughs> like, I wish somebody would do it with Sammy Kershaw's Queen of My Double Wide Trailer. I don't know why they have it. That's a great one. I have not even thought of that one until you just said that. That's a fucking, man, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. And, you know, obviously, you know, my mom and Sammy were married. I didn't know that, actually. You didn't know that? I did not know that. They were married for like nine, eight, nine years. I tell you, in my head, this is how fucked up I am about your dad and your mom. 
It, you got a lot of folks that's got Johnny and June and everything. I think the music that came out of your mom and your dad will never be recreated. Like, I, I really don't ever see it happening again. Tim and Faith ain't fixing to do that shit. Garth and Trisha ain't fixing to do that shit. Like, there was something special about like their dynamic. And oh, yeah. I, I, I refuse to think that your mom was married to anybody else. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My stepdad the other day, They've been married 13 years, and he is hes one of the coolest fucking people ever, dude. He's, he's top-notch. He said the other day, he goes, can we just pretend your mom was never married to anybody but your dad and me? <laughs> I was like, that'll work. That's funny as fuck to me. <laughs> I just, I can't, I don't know. There's something, there's something about it. And I think it's honestly that one fucking song. It'll forever stick in my head to tell Lori I love her. I know it's got to be kind of a sad, morbid song for y'all, but there's something about that song that just is different to me. Have you ever heard the song that they did called I Just Want You? Oh my God. I made a TikTok with it and everybody's like, I've never heard this. That is one of my favorite all time songs. I agree 100%. And I would love to hear like, a powerhouse vocal crew to do that. Like, if you got Chris Stapleton and his wife Morgan to do it, that's about the only ones I could think of that could that would even get close. Mm. Chris Stapleton and Ashley McBride would. Oh my crazy. lord! Oh, I'm a Ashley. I'll do you one better. Chris Young and Ashley McBride would fucking slay that. When Chris Young covered, uh one of your dads like way back in the day uh, so I, I thought it was uh i'm over you it's tainted to him uh dude i don't like a lot of covers of any of your dad's songs chris young killed that son of a bitch like, that's, uh, he killed it that song he he did a jam up job of it man i remember sorry i Are remember um Flipping through, you know how you get like sucked into the morbid fucking black hole of YouTube. Yeah. Like I was, I was fucking around one night. My wife had gone to bed. My kids were in bed. And I was like half a bottle of Jameson in. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to plug my headphones up. I had some hunting shows on the TV. It's cold. I had the fire going in the house. And I put my headphones on and I started going through YouTube just looking at shit. And it said Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, and Tracy Lawrence cover I'm Over You. And I'm like, I got to fucking hear this. Yeah. Because I'm a fan. Like, I know people give Luke Bryan shit, but I like Luke. I, I like Jason, and I love Tracy. Tracy's one of my dearest friends. And Luke's first the, three I, albums, I will hold up against most anything. I'm going to tell you, one of my best friends wrote Can't Break It to My Heart. And, uh, it's still a banger. I don't know if you can hear what's on in the background at my studio right now, but it's Tracy Lawrence's uh, April's Fools. That uh, that whole album with Sticks and Stones, everything on it. Hell yeah. But I tell you, so I clicked on this video, and I think, I think Luke was headlining. Jason was on there, and so was Tracy. Well, they did like an acoustic thing in the middle of the show. And they all three sang I'm Over You. And it was fucking awesome. Live. And, dude, you could hear the fucking crowd. And it was, 
Like I opened for Alabama like three months ago in Arkansas. And there wasn't one person in that fucking crowd that was not singing my dad's shit while I was playing. They, they were loving it. That's got to be like you you're you're an 87 baby too, right? I think we was born when when's your birthday? Because I'm an 87 baby. June 15th, 1987. All right. So you're you're a couple months older than me. Oh, oh yeah, thanks. But hey, we're <laughs> for, for 35, we look fucking good. And I, uh-huh. I I ain't been kind to this body, baby. <laughs> I've been rough on this son of a bitch. I heard that. That's why I posted that comment the other day when you said, nobody asked me to do anything. My liver needs a break. <laughs> I knew that shit was a lie. Uh, I was like, here. Hey, look, I told somebody a long time ago. I I don't, I just want to have fun. When I, when I get to my forties, if, if I make it that far, we'll talk about me settling the fuck down then. But until yeah. then, I'm going hard. I got five fucking years until yeah. I get to 40. The fuck alone yeah yeah um i i bet even though your dad obviously had to pass away when you were young i bet hearing all these people that have covered his songs and hearing the reaction you still get 30 something years later is amazing like it's it's, it's got to be like transcendent well look at like look at cameron marlowe oh like, i love him Man, I, I went and did that show with him the other day in nashville and played I, well i didn't do the show with him I kind of invited myself is what really fucking happened <laughs> on social media that he was going to be in Nashville. And I was like, Hey, we should do I'm over you together. And dude, it blew up on his fucking Facebook. Like people were going fucking crazy. And he said, uh, finally he was like, hell yeah, let's do it. I was like, Oh my God. All right. And I don't, man, I'm one of those dudes. It's like, I'm cool as fuck. Like, you don't want to do it? Okay, that's fine. Cool. I'm still coming to your show. Uh, you know, you don't you don't want to do something like that? That's fine. Do your thing. Fucking, I know this is your kickoff show to your tour, but what a great way to kick the fucking tour off. Yeah. And uh, so we get there and we did it, dude. And like he had this place sold out, dude. To I'm a fucking wall to wall, and they they fucking the crowd freaked out, dude. It was. Like I think he killed that song. I think he's. I think he did a great job on it. He's one of those dudes. Uh, I got to find out about him. I think earlier this year, I went to a Creative Vets golf tournament. Uh, there's some of my buddies out there in Nashville, and uh, he did the national anthem. And after that, I was like, "Oh, this dude's sick." But I don't really know him. He hadn't really. He's put out some things, but not like a, a whole album or anything yet. So I started looking him up. Dude is solid. Dude, uh-huh. dude is solid. Yeah. Yeah, he's real good, man. I like and not only that, his team, his crew, his fans, him, everybody is fucking top notch professional. Yeah. Uh it, it's actually funny. I know like in one I've been noticing this like a lot lately. Uh with your dad getting inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but it seems like John Party references him and like two of his new songs on his new album cameron's references him it just seems like everybody's mentioning him again now yeah and he should have never been stopped being mentioned you know what i mean i never understood why i i really i don't i i maybe you can give me a little insight but i've never when i've i've been to the country music hall of fame once 
And I, I, I wanted just to say that I'd been to walk around, but it was too, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I wanted kind of like the dirt side of it, you know, like I wanted the rougher side. It was too clean, too sparkle for me. Uh, yeah. but I did not realize that Keith was not in the hall of fame until this year. Well, and that blew my fucking mind. Realize that because he, he's always had an exhibit there. Yeah. Like a small little corner. So people just assumed he was in there and I'm like, I got in. I got an argument with this dude in a bar one night. He was like, "Your fucking dad's in there," and I was like, "Okay, no, he's not." Like, would you fucking do you not think as a son, I would not be proud to be like my dad's a fucking Hall of Famer? Like, yeah. what kid does not want to say that about their dad? Oh shit! Are you good? There we, oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Did your truck just die? No, my life uh, just cut. Okay, are oh, you good, brother? I can still see. You. So, no, I had to come outside. Kids are loud. Yeah. It's hot. It's hot in here. He'll turn the damn thing on. I don't think it'll mess it up. Let me go. I'll have to go get my keys. Oh, uh, okay. I want you to make sure you got some air. I don't want you too hot, sweating your ass oh, off on me. I stay sweating, bro. Uh, you ain't the only one. I sweat horribly. Yeah, I do too, and I I don't know why because like I don't. It's not like I wear thermals all year round. You know what I mean? It looks like I do. Everybody thinks that I wear cutoffs all the time because I think my arms are big. No, it's because I have sweat stains <laughs> that go from elbow to fucking hip. There's my. It's like a constant swamp ass. Absolutely. Like, yeah, it's horrible. It, yeah. Hey, get your ass sock. Yeah. What what we've got, it, we've got a we've got a three year old black German shepherd and a twelve year old Yorkie. And it's a fucking madhouse all the time. <laughs> um did they ever give y'all a reason why he wasn't inducted into the Hall of Fame till this year? Because that just doesn't it, it never made sense. It has something to do with the I think it's something to do with what has been done, like performance-wise. Certain, I mean, it's a legit reason, you know. But we've been running a fucking, we've been running a fucking petition for him for like seven years. So it's a fucking politics. Yeah, that's, that's, that figures. You know? I just – it blew my mind. It, it it blew my mind when I found that out this year. And then I was explaining to somebody today, too, I can't think of another artist that – your dad had the, the great songs, but then somebody else covered them in the 90s after he passed and they became number ones all over again. Like, he's probably – he's probably got like 10 of them, right? Randy Travis, George Strait. You know, a lot of people don't know my dad did Does Fort Worth Ever Cross Your Mind first? Yep. He did uh, On the Other Hand first. Uh, one, of, one of my favorites of his, Travis covered. And it's, um, shit. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs of all time. And let's see, Nobody in His Right Mind. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got it. 
Josh Ward did a, yep. a hell of a version of Old Memory of Me. Yep. He's got that song, too, that Whiskey and Whitley. Oh, uh, man. Woo. What'd you say it cut out? I said big time. Josh Ward killed it. Oh, yeah. Um, I heard him originally because of him covering that song. But then, like, I uh, started scrolling through his shit, and I saw the Whiskey and Whitley song. I've drank to that. I always judge a country song by how much it makes me want to drink. Amen. If that song makes me, I could be in the best mood at which I don't believe in sad music. I think sad music is good music. If you get around me, you ain't going to hear nothing but sad shit, and I could be the happiest motherfucker on the planet. I heard that. Yeah, it's, a sad song makes me happy. And, uh, man, I, I don't know. When I heard Josh Ward do that one, there's a lot of them, though, dude. Like, I just – you're, I think – First off, I think if your dad doesn't pass, not that George Strait would, wouldn't be big, your dad's the king of country music. I agree 100%. And, you know, I, I, could, I couldn't fucking agree more, really. But I honestly, I was telling my mom the other night, we were on the bus, and I said, I don't know if dad was still here. I don't know if I would be singing. I know I would be in the music business. There's no fucking doubt about that. But I don't know if I would be singing. I think I would be like, I don't know, like in a management side, I might be like an actual musician. Like, I don't know if I would have been a singer. Why do you think that? Because I, I think pretty fucking good, dude. Well, I just feel like it's kind of one of those deals like, or maybe I would. Maybe I would be. Maybe it's all supposed to be how God has it written. Now, I don't know. But I just kind of feel like it may not have been one of those. Like, I may have been more of a, like a, because I used to play the drums. I was a badass drummer. Like, maybe I would have been my dad's drummer. Who knows? Like, I just don't know if I would have been a singer. And my mom was like, you're fucking full of shit. You would have been a singer. You your daddy wouldn't have let your dad wouldn't have had it any other way. And, you know, so I was like, okay, well that was a fucking bad idea. I was just saying. It, it had to be though. Like with you growing up with Lori as your mom and Keith as your dad, it kind of had to be probably kind of rough and kind of scary to get in the music business. Like having those two icons as your parents. Did you go out on me? I don't know what just happened. You there? You're, you're cutting out bad, like all of a sudden out of nowhere. I, it, it cut out too. I'll cut, I'll edit that part out. Um, I said uh, because I think we got a good connection now. Um, I was saying that you growing up, it kind of had to be kind of scary to get into music in the first place with your parents being who they were and having to live up to that. Well, you know, I got a good buddy of mine. His name's Scott Collier. He played at tootsies for fucking years and uh i'd go in and every time it just coincidental every time i go into tootsies this motherfucker would be playing a keith whitley song and i'm like what are the fucking odds of that one like how did you know i was coming in and like i was kind of struggling like learning new songs playing stuff and like learning 
just learning in general. And Scott kind of took me under his wing, and he was like, I want you to come play Mondays with me. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. He said, four hours acoustic set, just you and me. And I was like, all right. And two years, man, I we could we could figure it out, you know. And I played that circuit for like nine years, and I credit a lot of that shit. People would have I had no idea how to play them. I didn't have a fucking clue. Like, I didn't know what the fuck to do. You know what I mean? Like, so I just kind of, like, I started doing, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm not my dad. I'm not my mom. Nobody will ever be them, ever, ever. And if people can't get that through their thick fucking skull, then they don't need to be listening to my shit anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to do what I want to do. If I want to fucking collaborate on a rap album with somebody, I'm going to fucking do it. If I want to collaborate with a rock group, I'm going to fucking do it. And if you don't like it, you kiss my fucking ass. See, I love love that. I I love that mindset that you have with that. Because I know a lot of people probably in your shoes, they would have just wanted to be a copy version of your mom or dad. They would have just, they just would want to ride the coattails. And people say you you ride your dad's coattails. I'm like, please show me. I've released one song of my dad's singles. And it was Don't Close Your Eyes and it was on my first album. Like I don't I'm far from that. And people, you know, they just think automatically they know me. They know my story and they don't know shit. But no honesty, why wouldn't you? I mean I mean, it, it's a it's a free marketing tool for people to find out who you are. What exactly? What exactly? What you just said? Most people would just ride the coattails and do their thing. I want to bring what I have to bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I want to say, yeah. You want me to sing when you say nothing at all, or I never go around mirrors? Sure, I'll do it for you. Absolutely. Here you go. Also, in the meantime, when you're done with these, I want you to check out my shit. Yeah. You know, this is who I am. And a lot of people don't like it. And that's fine. I don't care. I I think I think that's good though. I think that's perfect to have that mind. I think I think it's perfect to have that mindset though. Like, I like that you have that outlaw mentality. Because that, that's what I like to think that I have, too, the fuck it attitude, that I'm going to do things my way, and you're either going to like it or you're not. I don't, you're never going to make somebody like you that doesn't like you. You know, do shit your way. Make the people that actually like you happy. Move the fuck on. <laughs> exactly, dude. I, th- I, don't, I think one of us is a shitty connection all of a sudden. I, I, I haven't moved. I'm still connected to my Wi-Fi. I got five bars. Yeah, I am too. I'm going to turn my Bluetooth all, or my Wi-Fi off on my phone. Maybe that's what it is. I'm at the studio, so I should be good, but maybe there's a storm or something outside, and I just don't fucking know it. Um, But, yeah, dude, like, I, I would rather people do shit their own way. Like, And I think that's why, yeah. like, when I started listening to – I know some people that want to ride coattails. And whether it's an uncle, it's a dad, it's a whatever, a mom, whatever. 
I like the fact that when I started listening to your stuff several months ago, because I knew who you were. I actually, we never crossed paths, but I think you were at the same event I was at for Project K9 Hero. My buddy Jason Johnson. Um, this was earlier. Dude, that was one of the things ever. That was what? That was one of the coolest fucking things ever. Yeah, me and Jason are, are good buddies. And uh, I remember seeing you, and I was like, I'm not going to go shake this dude's hand. Like, I'm not going to be the guy that's a Keith Whitley fan walking up. I wanted to buy you a drink or whatever and say, hey, but I was like, you know what? When it's time to meet him, if we cross paths or whatever, we'll cross paths. But, uh, yeah, dude, I like the fact that you do your own shit. That actually makes me like you more. Uh, I, I want the person that's got the mentality of I'm going to do shit my way. I'm, and the outlaw stuff, man, I wish more people would come back around to the outlaw shit. That is my favorite genre of country. I've got outlaw tattooed across my fucking back. Hey, like that side of Nashville isn't there anymore. And I swear, I really think it's coming back. I, I think it has to. Just underground, man. Like the thing is, is like, you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this, but like, like I was talking about struggle and I'm talking about like struggle, like Ryan up church. Like there's so many of these dudes out there right now that aren't necessarily country music singers, but they are helping bring that outlaw country back. Yeah. Like they, they have such deep ties to it. They love it. Like, and they're, they're reaching out to these people and bringing them in, bringing them in, bringing them in. And everybody is just gravitating towards the outlaw side. And it's, you know, it's different strokes for different folks. You know, country music is the biggest genre of music, period. Because there's so many different styles of country music, if you will. And... For, for example, you got like bro country, you've got like rock country, you've got hip hop country, you've got traditional country, you've got new grass country, bluegrass country. You have so many different styles. Like with rap, you have rap. You know, with rock, you have alternative, soft, or fucking metal. You know what I mean? Um, there's just, there's, so many different styles of country music that can be had that everybody wants a fucking piece of it and everybody can have a piece of it. You know what I'm saying? But don't, don't tell me like that. I have to play bro country because that's what's hot on the radio because Cody Jinks is selling more fucking records than 90% of the artists on country radio right now. Anyway. And Absolutely. He's not bro country. You know what I mean? And so it's just kind of one of them deals. Like I think so many people were scared to say I'm on the outlaw side of country music because they weren't going to make it to where they wanted to make it, but n nothing that's worth having comes easy. You know what I mean? So why not put a little bit of extra elbow grease into it? Go fucking get what you want. Yeah. I think I used to think that social media was going to fuck country music worse than anything, but now I think that it's helping country music more than anything. I, I think that you're allowing the people that actually 
believe in traditional country that love traditional country where those people are getting their voice heard to where just because they're not a pretty fucking boy and they can still be heard and they can still be seen. I used to hate fucking TikTok. I used to hate everything about it. But when I figured out it was free, the best marketing tool that you can do to market yourself, to brand yourself, to get your shit out there. I was like, okay, I'm jumping on this train. I'm with you on TikTok. I fucking hated TikTok. My publicist was like Jesse. And she's like 90 fucking pounds soaking wet. She's like, Jesse, you have to get on TikTok. And I was like, fuck you. No. She was like, please. And I said, no, I'm not fucking doing it. I, she said, well, let me create you a TikTok. I said, no, I don't want to be on fucking TikTok. Like, I think some of these dudes are talented, but put them in front of a crowd of 20,000 and see what happens. You know, let's hear them live instead of this. And then I was like, fuck it. Let them do what they want to do. Okay. All right. I started seeing what was going on and cut. I had like 1200 followers on tiktok and country rebel posted a video and i went from like 1200 followers in eight hours 1200 to 15,000. i was like i like tiktok <laughs> i like it yeah it, it's it's the easiest thing to get yourself out there like I don't, I don't know why of all the apps yeah. it is, but it is it, it without a doubt. Now, don't get me wrong. I also like looking at some of the bad bitches on there, uh, and some of the other stuff that I probably shouldn't be looking at. But shit, you add some country music to that motherfucker, and I'm all right with it. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. I'll tell you what, man. I fucking, I I ran across this girl on TikTok. Uh, what's her name? Hot Ashley is her name. She's a blonde-haired chick. She's from South Florida, I think. And she loves raw, traditional country fucking music. So she goes live all the time, and she just plays, like, all these old-school, like, and I'm not talking about, like, plays them. Like, she plays them on her radio, and, like, people get on there and request songs and fucking, it's just all traditional country. And it's cool as fuck, so... My brother from another mother the other day tagged me in this post on TikTok and I was like, oh, fuck. And I could see her face on on like over on the right side, like where it says you were tagged in a comment and it's got her picture over here. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Here we go. Let me click on it. See what it did. She was singing. Uh, she was like saying, I'm over you. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. And she's young too. So like, I've also noticed that TikTok has got like so many young people on country, like real country music. And it's awesome. I, I think that they were there because the way we were raised, like with the music that we had to grow up listening to. But I almost think with that turn it took in the mid 2000s of bro country in Nashville, I think they tried to like bury that shit. I, I think that it's always been there. Now, I think it's getting shown off more than ever. That's why I think 90s country, traditional country, outlaw country is the next turn in country music. I think that shit's coming back. And I also think we're going to have the first ever like genre of women outlaws. I think I think women outlaws is like the next big-ass wave. Dude, I'm going to go on and tell you, Lainey Wilson is a bad motherfucker, dude. I, I keep my mouth shut about her because if I try to open it, I'm going to drool. 
I I, I, tr- I try to keep this motherfucker professional, but them goddamn bell bottoms, son. Son, d- dude, I tell I told my wife the other day. I said we were looking, at, we were doing something. I said, look at, I mean, wow, yeah. And see, I'm buddy, I'm good buddies with Frank Foster. Oh, okay, cool. Signed, so she was signed to Lone Chief Records, and Frank is the one who got her where she is. And I told Frank, I said, I didn't think you were about Nashville. He said, I'm not about Nashville. He said, but I was about Lane. He yeah. said, I love, that's what she wanted. And I knew I could help her get there. So that's what I did. And so that made me like him even more. He's a bad motherfucker. Yes, he is. Fucker too, dude. I'm yes, going to is. tell you. If you've never seen Foster show live, you are missing the fuck out. I ha- he is... I haven't caught him live, but I've got some friends that absolutely love everything he does, and they'll send me all his shit. Dude, I, I think he's a badass, man. I'm about to cut two of his songs on my next album. And uh, I told him, I said, hey, man, wh- what do you what do you think about this? Can I get the green? I own 100% of the public's fucking permission. And I was like, fuck yeah. So, I mean, and he invited me down to do Nation Fest with him uh, a couple weeks ago. And it was it, man. He's just a top notch dude. Like, as far as outlaw country, he's probably my favorite artist, hands down, out there right now. Period. Hands down. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I think a lot of him, there's, there's too many guys right now, though, for, for me. Um, I'm a big Dylan Carmichael guy. I don't know why I like Dylan the way I do. Dylan lives right around the corner from me. No shit. He, uh, he, for some reason, every time I hear that man sing, him and Larry Fleet, I got into an argument today with about somebody, and they was like, where I find God, because Morgan Wallen has put it on social media, or everybody's put it where he sings it. And I'm like, no. Larry Fleet did, when I was still working in country radio, I got him to do a radio interview with me when he first released it. So about almost three, four years ago. And I've been telling folks, he, he is one. I don't know why he hadn't blown up yet either. He's going to, I think like he's a bad motherfucker, but you talk about Laney. I'll tell you who another one, Ashlyn craft. Oh, Ashlyn craft's badass. Oh yeah. God, the mighty damn. Uh, There's another one that I liked too. Uh, what's her name? Um, fuck. I listen to her all the time. Um, shit. She's not, I mean, she's, she's had some success on the radio. Uh, you're not not talking about my bride, are you? No, because I love shit that hands down. I love Ashley, but she is, that girl can fucking sing son and she can drink and she drinks whiskey. So funny story. the, the first time my show got ranked in the top 100 in the world, I went uh, went to Nashville to celebrate. Uh, the guy who's like my big brother is a songwriter up there. And uh, so he took me out to Live Oak and everything. And Dylan Carmichael, Ashley McBride, and Aaron Lewis is all playing the same writer's round. And it was for Kristen Kelly um, because she had just released, a, released something worth saying or whatever. So – she was ranked like number 13 on iTunes as far as the album release. I was ranked like number 75 in the world as far as the show goes. 
And uh, Ashley McBride and me, are, are she's on stage. I'm five feet away from her or whatever. And, like, end up be, not becoming friends or anything like that. But we drank some whiskey and shit together. I talked her fucking ear off and everything. But one of the best voices I've ever heard in front of my face in my life. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'll tell you what. There's a dude that's coming up. He just did a song with the lax. His name's Dustin Spears. And he's badass, dude. He sings cuts off. Like big time. He's a killer. Um, I got a good buddy of mine named Cody Purvis. Cody's a hell of a fucking singer, man. He, he is he is he's top notch too. But you know what, man? You know who we're sleeping on right now is old Trent Thomas. Uh, Trent's always been a badass to me, man. I, I, yeah, but I, people tr- sleep on this motherfucker, and I'm like, y'all, the fucking number one songs that you're listening to, he wrote, uh, he's written. What yeah. the fuck? Like, dude, go on and tell me right now. Go on and tell me. Tell me right now that Scotty McCreary is not channeling his inner Trent Thomason on damn straight. Yeah, I think that Scotty McCreary is trying to be George Strait so bad it hurts. Oh shit. Where'd you go? All right, can you not see me? I see you. I can hear you, but you like I don't know because I just checked my my service and everything. I got good service. I don't, I don't know. You there? Yeah. Can you hear me? All right. There we go. Okay. Yeah, good. I'm good. I, it shows you only have one bar on my end. Oh, uh, I'm good. I don't know. Maybe there's a storm outside. I don't fucking know. Uh, but it, I mean, it looks good on this. Whatever it is, we're still it's still recording good, so it don't matter. Um, but Scotty, I like Scotty McCreary actually, but I feel like he wants to be George Strait so bad it fucking hurts. Like I really do. And then Trent Thomason, that one wing in the fire he came up with so many years ago, dude. If you want to talk about a fucking song, man, dude, Daddy's been a Baptist, Baptist. Where the share of front row sins. God, Saturday night still on his breath. Every Sunday when he'd walk in. What a great song, man. I'm liable to get drunk tonight just because you did that. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I get a DUI tonight. It's on your ass. <laughs> Call me. Call me. I'll be there. Man, uh, we've got to get together. I think that me and you drinking together is probably trouble. But fuck, I like trouble. Fuck it. Hey, I hey. smell R-O-U-B-L-E, baby. Yeah, that's a guy. Um, what's some, You got any dates or anything coming up or any songs you're going to release soon that you want to promote before we get off here? Man, I don't really ha- – I've got a new single out right now, which is called Red, White, and Blue, and it's been out for a while, but that's my current single that's out, and it's it was written by the Warren Brothers and the Van Zant Brothers. And uh, it was on Skinner's album back in like 2005, I think, on their 2004 on their Vicious Cycle album. Um, we're about to go in, and I'm about to do something really different that I've never done before, which is kind of a piano, acoustic, guitar, vocal album. And it's going to be like, I want to call it the love stories, if you will. I want to cut like some old school, like panty droppers. Yeah. Like, kiss from a rose like kiss from a rose everything i do i do it for you like shit like that and just do it but i want to do it very dark 
Oh, dude, you sold me. I, I want to have. I, I want to get Amy Lee from Evanes Evanescence to come in and sing on it. But I want to do it a very dark, romantic, personal album. And I know that sounds weird coming from a dude like me, but no, it doesn't. I feel like I feel like us outlaws have a have a have a sensitive side to us too, and I, I feel like people would gravitate towards something like that. But we're gonna go in and do another new album here soon. Um, that's gonna be like a, a six song EP. I'm just gonna kind of take like my favorite love songs and turn them into like a fucking dark side. Dude, I I literally have this conversation with every single new artist that comes into the studio. Uh, I took up writing um, not not too long ago. I'm not the best at it, not the worst at it. But uh, I didn't – I used to be real good at poetry growing up, and then when I started playing sports in high school, I quit writing because I got picked on about it. Uh, I even got some poems that were published in Young Poets of America. And then at the beginning of this year, when I did a show with Creative Vets, like uh, my buddy Jesse Wayne Taylor was like, dude, let's put a guitar in your hand, start learning guitar, start writing. Like you, you could be good at this. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm learning as I go. But one of the things I tell every one of the new guys that come in here to the studio to write with me is like, I like morbid, but sexy. I, I and that's yeah. what I like morbid, but sexy. And I, you know, like you remember when, uh, who was it? Was it Mark Wills that did back at one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So like that was a fucking number one hit for him. Yeah. Like a Brian McKnight song that he covered in country. Yeah. Like, and who was the fucking goofball that did uh lips of an angel? Somebody in country did lips of an angel. I didn't know yeah, somebody it went, did. It went number one. It went number one. Jack Ingram. I did. I'd never heard it. <laughs> Yeah, and it went number one. Well, what gave me the idea is, like I said, I get in the morbid black hole of fucking YouTube, and it sucks me in all the time. Well, I follow this band called Voice Avenue, and they did a version of Kiss from a Rose. And if you listen to it, it's very dark, but it's also, like, not dark, if you will. Yeah. But I would make it dark as fuck like i just think that i think there's a fucking lane for that shit you know what i mean i do i i 100 agree with you uh in an old garth brooks song i'm a huge fan of the movie lonesome dove like it's it's my all-time favorite movie and book of all time and he, garth brooks has a song called lonesome dove but there's a line in that song and you made me think of it a while ago and it's uh he's got an angel's heart but the devil's hands Oh, dude, yeah. And that, and that's what every time, like, you talk about that morbid, sexy, man, that's what, if you go back and you listen to some shit that, even, like, Waylon with way more blues, when he's got that one line, every every woman looks like, looks like another place I came in, it's, like, it's kind of... My mind, my mind goes straight to the fucking gutter every time I hear that line. Because that's what it's meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> Waylon knew exactly what the fuck he was doing or whoever wrote it knew exactly what he was doing. Well, and it's like, look at Brantley's album, Stairway to Heaven, or Stairway to Heaven, Halfway to Heaven. That song, Fall Into Me. Oh, dude. Like, hello, panty dropper. Yeah. 
See, that's that's my thing. I'm all about the panty droppers, but I don't want them to be like sweet. I want them to be like in the nicest way possible for all the women that are fixing to listen to this. I want it to sound like you finna get your fucking back broke. Like, I don't want it to sound like I'm finna be sweet to your ass. Like, I, I don't I don't want that. Somebody's throwing a hip out of place tonight. That's what I yeah. want it. You know, when when uh fucking Eric Church came out with Wrecking Ball, that yeah. kind of shit right there. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that shit. So there's a woman who I think is super talented is doing the show this Friday. Her name's Farron Rachels. Farron Yeah. I love her. Yeah. She's got a song called On Paper. She does not know how many times I have played that song, Riding Dirt Roads with a Good-Looking Woman. Let me tell you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it works. <laughs> Man, I, you know, I – I just think there's such a lane for that kind of shit, you know? So that's kind of like where we're, where I'm kind of going right now. Um, just working on shit for 2023, really just because, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're at the end of September and I usually take October, November off because it's deer season. Deer season is actually opening here. Bow season opens here on Saturday. And uh, so I'm going to go try and fill my Kentucky tag this week and uh just fucking get back here and do some hunting and that that's usually what i do around this time of year man i just kind of spend time with the family hang out with my cousins and get to visit with people i don't get to see much and try and write some shit hey well i'll, I'll give you an open invite we got a shit ton of hunting land that i know i can put you on a lot of hogs a lot of deer a lot of good shit if you want to get away for a couple days, you come down to the studio. Me and you ride something, go hunting, drinking way too much, have a damn good time on me. I'm I, I'm up for it. Next time you're next time you're in Nashville, if you don't hit me up, and we we like I come stumbling. You 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 cut out right when you started saying that. Say that again. I said next time you come to Nashville. And you don't call me and we don't go out and drink beer and I don't come stumbling in at three in the morning. My wife's not yelling at me the next day. I'm going to be pissed. First off, that sounds like the best night ever to me. I just, I just want you to know that. Like, I like you as a fucking person. I, I, like, I dig the shit out of you because you are my type of dude. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like we might be spirit animals way too close. I, I've got a buddy in Nashville. His name's Mark Orient. Everybody is scared to death when they see me and Mark drinking together. Cause they know that we're gonna overdo it. Like oh, we're dude. we're gonna go way too far. You're fucking perfect for me. You're right there with me. <laughs> and you know my wife too, man. She'll she'll I after we, we you know we got a week old baby and she said uh, well congratulations the other day, thank you thank you and I said uh, you know how man like you know you get towards that like very end of the baby coming and you're like man this is fucking all right come on this is annoying at this point like <laughs> let's bring this baby in you know and it and and i told her the other day i said i got my beer drinking buddy back we used to man me and her used to get fucked up on sundays buddy we would sit there and watch football she'd cook i'd cook we'd drink beer all day i mean shit sunday fun day baby Hey, that sounds perfect to me. 
Like, I'm so, I, I, I want to tell you this before we get off here. So I've never been married or anything like that. Right? I th- just turned 35. I, I like, I view marriage in a very weird way. Like I want to do it one time. I want that one person that is just my best friend that I can do exactly what you just said with you and your wife. So hey, that's the way, that's the way we all go into the first one thinking. Probably. I'm going to get divorced several <laughs> times. I already know it. I'm just trying fucking not to, but there's a running joke with me and all my friends. And I want you to know this. On the first date, I always play like some of your daddy's music and some of your mom's music. And if that bitch don't know it, that bitch got to go. Oh, <laughs> dude, that's the video. That's the video that got me. Somebody tagged me in it, and I was like, "I'm buying this dude a fucking beer." Yeah, I'm telling you, I have I have done it more times to people. The only guy that will play like the I got a uh, buddy that plays Broadway a good bit. His name's Blaine Bunny. You need to check him out. Um, he's a good old Georgia boy. Uh, he plays AJ's a lot, and he also plays Music City. Uh, by the way, have you ever seen Tom Bullard at Music City? Fucking love Tom Bullard. I joke about Tom Bullard on this show, and nobody ever knows who he is. Tom Bullard is one of the most talented people I've ever seen in my life. But if and that, by looking at him, you would not fucking think that. Thank you. I always said that I don't know who's his actual daddy. But there's somebody with talent in that motherfucker's family. But hey, if you saw him on the street, you think he was going to ask you for a dollar? Yeah, 100%. And I tell you what, man, his kids are top notch. He has done a damn good job with his kids. I love his kids. They are just as sweet as they can be. Hey. And so is Tom. Tom is, Tom is uh, you know, actually, funny story about Tom real quick. I'd never heard the song. Hundred Proof Memories by George Jones. Oh, I'd yeah. never heard it, and I went in to see him play one day. I think he was at Roberts or Layless, one or the two, and he played their version of Hundred Proof Memories, and I was like, "That's a fucking George Jones song, man! It was badass. I love me some Tom Bullard, dude. Man, he is one of those that every time I come to town." I have to figure out where he's playing. And then yeah. I then I have because I'm around a lot of uppity bitches from social media that want to wear these sparkly Nashville outfits and everything. They're not real cowgirls. Some of them like real country music. Some of them don't, but some of them just want to go to Broadway and go shake their ass or whatever. But some of them actually like country music. Every time when I take somebody to see Tom that has never seen Tom play, they see him right off the bat and they're like, why the fuck are we here? And then five, and five minutes in, five minutes in, they're like, what the fuck? I still, to my dying day, think that the best musicians in Nashville are the ones that never made it. The ones that are still playing because they didn't fit a fucking image. Because that dude right there, ain't no reason in the world why people shouldn't know fucking who Tom Bullard is. I agree 100%, dude. I agree 100%. Uh, 100%. But man, uh, dude, I'll guarantee you next time I come to town, I'm hitting you up. Uh, this this was really cool for me because, like I said, I am I'm a fan of you now anyway. But your dad, your mom, I have literally I remember being little with my family first time hearing your dad and just knowing like this is my favorite. I argue with people all the time about it. Like I I just think. 
when me and Kimberly Atwell was at, was at his grave not long ago, you can talk about every single one of his songs. There's not a bad song. I agree 100%. There's not one. And then you forget about one, and then the second it comes on, you kick yourself in the ass because how the fuck did I forget about it? I got some shit. Man, when you come up here, I want you to come over to my house. You come over to my house. I'll build a little fire in the backyard. I'll throw some steaks on the grill. I'll make the best steak you ever had in your life. I, trust me. Trust me. And we'll sit down, and I'll play you some shit that ain't nobody ever heard. Uh, I'll tell you what, you let my fat ass know when you get back from that hunting trip, and I don't give a fuck what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I will play you some shit that will fucking rock your world. Ah. 100%. Consider it a done fucking deal. Well, dude, uh, drop your social media handles before we get off here, because I want to make sure everybody that listens to this goes follow you and keeps up with you. Because I know we talked a lot about your dad and your mom, but you're a fucking badass, too. And I like what you're doing. I like the whole outlaw movement. I just like you as a fucking person. Like I told you earlier, I judge somebody or their music. If I can drink to it, I can drink to your shit, brother. Man, uh, everything is Jesse Keith Whitley. is at Jesse Keith Whitley. J-E-S-S-E. No fucking I. No I. None of that shit. Uh, J-E-S-S-E. K-E-I-T-H, Whitley. Y'all follow me. TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of it. Dude, I sure appreciate it. And uh, I'll be in Nashville soon. I'll be, you're going to make me make a fucking trip now. I got to make sure you're available. Fuck everybody else. I'm not even going to tell my brother I'm coming up there. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I'm available. We'll, we'll make it work. All right, big guy. Well, uh, thank you for doing the show. And oh. Before we get out of here, though, I do got to I gotta ask you something for a, a favor. Do you know who the guy is on social media? His name's Justin Danger. Uh, Justin Danger Nunley, the one that goes, listen. He works with NASCAR. He'll, like, do listen, then he'll say a fact or whatever. Yeah. I uh, just played golf with him the other day. He's one of my good buddies. He's done the show a lot. Uh, he told me to ask you, if any way possible, I'm going to share his contact information with you. Uh, it'd be great for him to share some of your stuff anyway, but his mother is obsessed with your mom. Yeah. If there's any way that you could, uh, kind of hook that up to where maybe his mom could get a FaceTime or whatever. Uh, if, if absolutely possible. Send me the, send me the contact, contact info. We'll do it. All right, cool. It won't do nothing but help you <laughs> help everybody. Over, I'll make it happen. Wait. All right, dude. Well, I appreciate your time. And Hey, thanks for everybody listening to the Josh Terry podcast. I will catch y'all next time.